Well, one more time, uh, good morning. We're really, really glad that you're here. You're going to hear some pretty exciting stuff today about what about, I don't know, 8% of Four Corners did this week. Many of your friends, some of your family went down with me to the Smoky Mountain Children's Home. This is an organization that cares for kids, about 400 a year. Some of them in resident, many of them just through the foster care program that they have. They care for about 400 kids a year. And they try to bring a sense of stability, a loving home, and the gospel of Jesus to these kids' lives. Now, just real quick before we get rolling, the gospel of Jesus is the important glue holding all that you're going to hear today together. It is that simple story of Jesus Christ who came, gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins, died on a cross, but God raised him from the dead. And because of that, we can have a relationship with God that affects our eternity. We believe everybody spends eternity somewhere. And because of what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection, we can spend eternity with God. But that's that's like half the story. The other half of the story is, is that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we can have a life of purpose and meaning here. We can join God's team, as it were, in sharing that message in word and today in a lot of deed. The message of the good news of the gospel. That's what the word gospel means, good news. So I want to introduce a few people to you on this stage with me. Um, Right here, um, sitting beside of me, is Melissa Clark. Welcome, Melissa. Melissa, by the way, helped lead this entire um, program of some 56 people going to serve these kids in the organization there. And this is Jen. Jen, just kind of wave, say hello. (laughs) Sam is right beside. Sam, you are a, a freshman at UC or... Just finished freshman year. You guys know Nate, yeah? This Larry and Dorothy, right there. They're, they're married, um, right there on the end. <laughs> and Charlie McCurry in the back right there. And another Larry. And then Ernie Hayes right there. Uh, this is just a, a sampling of the group of people. And what we thought we would do is share with you a few things that happened so that, first of all, you could be proud of what God is doing in this world. And you could be proud of a group of us who really just wanted to partner with that. So these folks took some time, some energy, a lot of sweat, some of their money. They carved out, many of them, vacation time to go serve. So let's just kind of start right here. I've asked them to think about, oh, you got to see some pictures. Oh, that's great. Uh, I've asked them to think about some uh, some of the things that God did in and through them, all right? So if we get boring, just keep watching the, the, the pictures, okay? So um, uh, let's start with you, Nate. Nate, you are the family ministries leader here at our church. You went down with us. Talk to us a little bit about this organization, what you saw, and some of the people you interacted with just before we start telling all the stuff we did. Yeah, I, the first day we were there, um, we were just meeting people, and I, I got pulled from painting a house to go travel with one of the guys who does maintenance. His name is Corey. And we went to the hills of Gatlinburg to pick up a refrigerator that was being donated to the home. And he was telling me about how many people actually give to the home and his interaction with the kids and how this is like his favorite job in the whole world. Like he's never dreamed of having a different job than this. And on the way back, I began sharing some of my, my personal like, testimony story with him. And he looked at me and he said, well, he said, Nate, you know, this is not like by chance that we're riding together. He said, I'm putting my um, notice in tomorrow at the home because I feel like God has called me to start a ministry for kids in Kentucky like this. I was like, 
I was completely shocked and surprised because wow. this guy just poured his hat out, heart out and said, this is my favorite dream job ever, but I'm leaving to go do what God has called me to do. And I think that was the story, the kind of the resounding story that I heard over and over and over as I talked to house parents. I talked to one house parent who grew up there. He spent 10 years as a student there growing up. And now he's a house parent on probably the roughest cottage there, Cottage 11, which is the intake cottage for a lot of the students coming in, a lot of the guy students coming in. And he's, he gets an opportunity now to build in to their lives and help affect change in their lives. And you get to see kids uh, like Jalen and Austin who, uh, when you first got there, they were like real standoffish. And within a day and a half, two days, they're coming to the cottage, knocking on the door saying, hey, is Nate here? Can he come out and play? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was in junior high again. But these are like, these, these guys are 15 year both of them are 15-year-old kids, one from Rhode Island, one from Knoxville. And I've, I was able to have conversations with them throughout the week and on Friday, when we're standing in the gym playing horse together, I just I called Jalen over. I said, Jalen, I said, tell me, like, how you how'd you end up here, man? Like, is everything okay at home? Like, what's been going on? And he said, Nate, it's just a, a series of a lot of like little mistakes that I made that landed me here, and I'm here for like three to six months. So can you come back before I leave and hang out with me again? And you hear that over and over and over in these kids. Let's talk a little bit about that. So what this home does is it takes troubled kids, kids that have been abused. And the state says, basically, you can't live at home anymore. And we don't really have a place for you. And the Home for Children says, well, we'll take you. And some of them live in residence, trying to create as home-like an environment as possible. Some of them, they find loving Christian foster care. And it's all heartbreaking. And then there's this group of people, the leadership of that place, that just has a heart for God. Jesus has changed their lives, and they just want to build into other people. So at Christmas, we raise money every year for a major outside-of-us project. We build wells, we've built churches, we've developed orphanages, and this time we gave the Smoky Mountain Children's Home um, a gift of $10,000 while we're trying to raise money for our own church because we just believe that's important. And kids are close to the heart of God. And so we all on some level interacted, and I wonder if you just pass the mic to Dorothy if you don't mind. Dorothy, there are several dynamics, right? There's the dynamic of, like Nate talking about with the kids, there's dynamic of the leadership, but then there's all kinds of stuff happening on our team as we went down not really knowing what to expect. What happened to you? What did you see? What touched your heart? Would you just talk about that for a moment? Yeah. Um, this is my first mission trip, and, and I'm old. I'm almost as old as Charlie. And, um, <laughs> and so I was just not real sure what I was going to um, experience there, and it was going to be hot, and I, I hate the heat. I, I mean, I despise the heat. And um, and so I just kind of, you know, it was a little bit, I mean, I wanted to go. My heart was there, but I thought physically, whatever, I wouldn't be able to. And I was able to do a lot of stuff. But what impacted me the most is Nate, um, every, um, just after lunch every day, Nate and a bunch of the guys went down to the gym, and they played basketball with these kids. And um, um, I went the last day because I'm not a big sports fan. And I just kind of sat, and the gym was kind of um, – set up so that there was a big area on the one side where most of the people were sitting, and then there were a couple kids sitting on this other section on the other side of where the entryway was. And um, so at first I was sitting with the main group, and it, uh, what I was impressed with was that everyone was cheering for everyone, so it didn't matter who was scoring, even though mostly it was Nate and embarrassing everybody. Um, <laughs> um, and go, I Nate. went over and I talked, and I, and I sat with those boys, and I noticed there was one boy kind of off to the side, and he was a really big, heavy kid. And so I just kind of 
sat beside him and said, hey, this is my name, and what's your name? He said, my name's Josh. And, and I asked him, like, who's that dude, and who's that? Because the kids that were on the contest on thing. And then we started talking about basketball, which I know nothing about. And, um, but basically, you know, we just kind of started talking a bit, and I let him talk. And he went out and played for a little bit, and then he came back, and he's all sweaty. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it was like floodgates open. And, I mean, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. And he just started pouring out his story to me. And I just listened. And I don't know, it must have been 20, 25 minutes that he was talking. And he's telling me that he was from Riverside, Georgia. He had a real southern Georgia accent. And um, that um, his parents had come into some money. And what they did with that money was buy a real expensive house in an expensive neighborhood. And he had gone and met the neighbor. And the neighbor turned, about, turned out to be a rapper, which to a kid, of course, is super cool. And this rapper kind of befriended him. And because he was hanging there, he got into drugs and he got into alcohol and all kinds of problems there. And, um, and then they had moved up to Sevierville, and um, he got into a gang in Sevierville. And he was calling these, bo these boys my brothers, my brothers. And um, he said, my brother, he said, my brothers call me pork chop, which I thought was kind of cute. He looked like a pork chop. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, but he was saying that, you know, he had gotten back into drugs and stuff with this gang, and they had gone out to this place, and there was some kind of drug deal was going on. And he had driven a bunch of his brothers out there, and it went wrong somehow. And, and there was, like, fighting, and, and, and all of a sudden guns got pulled out. And he said he left real quick, and, but found out that um, these other gang members had shot some of the other guys. And so the police were involved, and so that's why he was there, because he had been involved with this. Um, and so his, his story just, you know, I, I, I live such a sheltered life. I think we all do. We just don't meet people like this. And, um, but this kid was so earnest. And, you know, he said, I'm in here now. I'm in here at least till September. Um, he said, I'm trying to turn my life around. He said, I was here in November. He said, I, I, I don't do drugs. I don't drink anymore. He said, and four weeks ago, I gave my life to Jesus. And he wow. was wearing a cross with wow. a crown on it. And, you know, that just touched me so much because, you know, before it was like, you know, clean. I hate to clean, and that's kind of the stuff we were doing. Like, it's, and I thought, you know, this is so important because this place needs our help. And if this place wasn't here, these kids wouldn't have anybody because, you know, this kid had nobody. And he wasn't even part of the group of the boys there because they don't always get along. And he said, some of the boys have been rough on me. And, you know, just the basketball game drew those kids in, you know, kids that probably didn't even care for each other so much. And this is a real tough group of kids so to me that was just heartbreaking wow. and, and just amazing it, it's amazing when you consider an organization like that so what happens is a kid maybe goes to court or a family goes to court and the court says all right so we're going to put you in the normal system of you know detention or there's this other option and so for a lot of kids they take option b which is let's go to this home give you a break change the environment and see what happens well we found out and we knew a little bit about this that that the home relies on churches like us that the budget there isn't you know all that it could be and they don't have the skilled help and there are some i don't know 40 different buildings that they have to maintain and it's a very limited staff i mean like most ministries um, you do the most you can with the least possible resources all for the glory of god and for the biggest impact possible and so we were able to go down and larry if you don't mind grab the mic right there and you worked not on cleaning and playing with kids you worked with some of the other men 
on what we call the skilled team. Skilled team. <laughs> the skilled team. And we literally just got in there and did some work. Talk about what impressed your heart, some of the stuff you did. Yeah, I was, I was uh, blessed to be on a, on a really good group with a bunch of skilled men and boys that, that worked on a couple of kitchen renovations. It was hard work, but it was, it was when you saw the, uh, the result at the end, it was just awesome. And there were, there was two or three things that, that touched on me. First, first of all, one of the house parents stopped by from the intake house that Nate talked about, and he basically said, guys, you don't realize what a huge boost in morale this is when a, a house like this gets a new kitchen. He says, it's so great for us because, you know, this is tough work, but to have a place where we can go at the end of the day and kind of hang out and, and, it, and it, it, it's new and it's fresh and everything else, that's a really big morale boost. So that was the first thing he said. The second thing that, that impacted me, again, I didn't get a chance to interact with the kids as much as, as some of the others, but when we did get back together, what we heard time and time again, there are church groups that run through there every week from February to about November. We were one of the very first group or the first group that actually interacted with the kids. And the kids said, that was so great. It was so great. You know, so we just didn't go in there and do our thing, but we actually interacted with the kids. And for me personally, um, it was great. I got to meet some fabulous people. We got to make fun of Charlie all week long. That was great. <laughs> there's a theme developing. <laughs> Charlie, already. We're two people in, and there's a theme. <laughs> he was an easy target. So. <laughs> but more importantly, um, I, I, feel, I feel much fuller spiritually from, from the work and the fact that, and as Dorothy said, we are so blessed. We have no idea what it's like on the other side there because we just have never been part of that. So me to just to have a part of that was great, and I'm definitely going for the, on the next one. That's awesome. Charlie, grab that microphone right there. Let's, let's go ahead and put you uh, on here for a minute. Charlie, uh, that, that was good, Charlie. They're, they're actually pretty Mike good. We don't, we don't, yeah, they kind of keep up with us. Um, anyway, you are the kind of guy that goes on a, on a lot of missions trips, and you typically average about three a year. Uh, yes. Yeah, talk, talk a little bit about some of the things you saw. You, you shared with the group some kind of global perspective stuff, and um, just talk from your heart a little bit about what you experienced, what you saw, what you think is important, and what you saw God doing. Uh, sure. I was fortunate enough to grow up with a uh, very godly, God-fearing parents. That's a phrase used a lot down south. And uh, in a Christian home, but uh, and the message every Sunday was come to church, meet all your other Christian friends, write out your tithe check, and then go home and be good all week. Be holy. All the do not thing, all the things you aren't supposed to do. Don't do all that stuff. And not setting that aside, that's important. But as a young adult, uh, after moving to, uh, to Ohio, I once sat down and I read the book of James in its entirety. Not a big accomplishment. 20 minutes, right? Yeah, it's yeah. only a few chapters long. Yeah. Only time I ever read Pick the Bible. Pick the short book but, there, uh, did you, Charlie? Uh, uh, That's good. Uh, <laughs> thank you. James, James, who we believe is the brother of Christ, uh, spoke to me there. And uh, it said kind of a different message in the rest of the Bible. Faith without works isn't worth a whole lot to James. That's his opinion. And... Uh, there's a particular passage in there that says if a man comes to you and says he's hungry, you don't say, I will pray for you, brother, and send him on his way. You give him a sandwich. Then you say, uh, well, sandwich isn't what James, you know, wasn't a ham sandwich, I guess. No, Let's certainly. give him a sandwich and send him on his way. And then pray for him. And that spoke to me. 
And I found out uh, my gifts, if I can be so bold, my sweet spot is doing stuff. And I'm much better at doing stuff than than being holy, I guess. That came out wrong, but I hope no, you but know But we agree. Trying we we all agree with you. Okay, okay. But, uh, <laughs> and I've, I've been fortunate enough to go on, I don't know, a couple of dozen such trips as this. And this is a compliment to Melissa and her planning and all of her helpers. Two things set this trip apart that I believe were unique. One, it's the first time I've ever slept in a bed, so thank you for that. And... Uh, I usually, after a week on these trips, the one downside is I leave hating children. But uh, <laughs> this time, I truly did not. And, and that again, that is a credit, a credit uh, to Melissa. Uh, in, okay, okay, well, all right. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the only sacrifice I make, I am a, a Fox News junkie, and I went a week without that. But... Fortunately, nothing happened in politics this nothing week. Nothing at all. Okay, next uh, person, next person. No, uh, go ahead. Okay, what else? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, what else, Charlie? Well, okay, sure. I, I know. Good. Time is short. But, uh, you know, uh, I spent most of my time with uh, four or five guys. What was the team? Skill. I just wanted to hear it again, the skilled labor team. Uh, working on renovating two kitchens that literally looked like when we started something out of a 1970s camper and we gutted them to the walls and uh, didn't really see the end of our labors because another group came in Friday and cleaned up after us. And I walked into the one kitchen we completed uh, Friday night and uh, I was teared up by an inanimate object. But that's what, what moved me and I think you maybe saw the before and after pictures up there at some point and uh, you know we all have our gifts we all have what our what we're good at there's another beautiful patches in the Bible in the body the eye doesn't get mad at the ear because it can't hear uh, the feet don't get mad at the hands because the hands can't walk find what you're good at and don't feel guilty about what you're not good at Charlie we you can you know this we call that real love now that we engage a real environment where authentic, real worship in a big place like this. Uh, we love others. We do that largely through small groups, but even what we did here. But the now part is get involved. So many of us are waiting to discover God's will, but God's will gets discovered as you engage where you are and you take a step, and then the next step, and then the next step. And so your commentary to find our gifts and use it and take joy in that, that's our heart for everybody here. And we're really grateful that, that for this team you guys did that. Larry Morgan, you uh, you took some time away from work, came down with your wife, your two daughters. Talk a little bit about what would motivate you guys to do that as a family, to take, well, vacation time. I mean, we joke this is a missions trip, but we call it vacation with purpose because it does refresh you. And then what did you see? What touched your heart as you were working? Um, well, you know, throughout the Bible, uh, God calls us to action, and that takes many different forms, and we had never taken a mission trip, so... Uh, Susan actually talked me into it. I can't say I was super excited going into this, um, but I was ready for a break from work. So, um, you know, didn't really know what to expect. And we had a really large group. Um, so, you know, going into the week, actually driving in that first full day, 
I noticed a lot of things throughout the campus that really needed attention. It was landscape and mulch beds and painting, and you know, you could just tell that the maintenance had been um, uh, kind of lacking over the years. And every day after that, going in, you could literally see the impact of what we had accomplished um, everywhere you looked. You know, the, the bushes were trimmed, the landscape beds were raked, the things that needed painted were painted. Um, we were kind of isolated, as others have mentioned, in these two kitchens uh, for the week. So we kind of got glimpses uh, throughout the day. And I have to give a shout out to the kids. I mean, to, to go out in 104 and 5 degree heat and do this kind of labor and, um, and, and not get frustrated by it is a huge accomplishment. And I'm sure the leadership team had a big part in that to keep them motivated, but they really knocked it out. Yeah. But... Um, you know, I have to say, coming out of this experience, I'm psyched and ready to go next year. And I gave Melissa some ideas on what we could accomplish while we're there. Um, the staff at the, the complex uh, stopped in every day to, to kind of boost us and, and tell us what, um, what the work we were doing meant to them and the impact that we were having. Um, I have to say that probably the proudest moment I had is when some young men knocked on the door <laughs> asking Nate if he could come out and play. And, you know, I realized at that point that that's what it was all about. And, you know, this is a large, large complex. And, you know, it, it takes a lot. It takes an army. Yeah. to keep that place up and running. In, in one sense, Larry, it's kind of like the microcosm of all that God's doing in the world is what I thought. You, uh, Charlie, you said it's supernatural, and we don't use that word enough. It's supernatural to think of all that God's doing in the world, and he requires calls on individuals to step up and do their part, and somehow he brings it all for good. We got a sense of that. I mean, we get a sense of that in a church, but when you carve out time to look and see, you know, Jesus regularly said, he who has ears to hear, um, open your eyes, look, pay when you carve out time to do that, you begin to get a sense of the bigger picture of what God's doing. And I think for many of us, that's what happened here. We saw how our contribution connects to the whole. You know, I, I want to, the one thing I didn't expect coming out of this was to have such a good time. Mm. You know, these guys, Ernie and Charlie, uh, you know, Charlie's Mr. Entertainment. You know, I had the fortune of having him with me for three solid days. And <laughs> I'm not sure I kept up the motivation without him because he kept me laughing the entire time. Um, but the team that went, you know, it, it wasn't a group. It was a team. I yeah. mean, it was a well-oiled machine. We needed water. Somebody was bringing water. We needed a snack. Somebody was bringing a snack. We needed somebody to run to the, to the um, warehouse to get us material. They were, you know, it was, it was just an incredible team effort to pull off what we accomplished. Ernie, you brought your family. Um, and talk about what you guys did. I mean, we saw a transformation you, you, you attended over the week of just uh, God doing some stuff. So talk a little bit about that. Uh, for us, when we when first heard about the trip and the opportunity to go, um, I immediately said, yes, we're going. Um, I'm not sure the kids were exactly on board at that point in time uh, when it was first mentioned, but as it came closer and closer, um, I could tell that, you know, my girls were getting more and more excited about the opportunity to go, and they were, they were the opportunity to serve. Um, and even my son, my 15-year-old teenage son, who uh, um, the world revolves around him sometimes, was even excited about going as well. Um, sorry. So we I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so as we as we uh, as we went down, um, 
you know, there was a lot of anticipation. Um, there was a lot of excitement. And we jumped right in, and we were fully engaged. Um, one of the words that you use a lot, Ben, fully engaged. We were fully engaged in the work that we were doing, whether it was scraping, painting, whether it was sorting stuff, whatever it was, we were fully engaged into that work. And I could tell over the course of the days that we were there, um, my kids became more and more um, interested in being around other people, more and more interested in trusting and working with and connecting with um, other members of the church and, and of the team that went down there. Um, and one of the exciting things about me, w one of the most exciting things um, about this opportunity for me was to see the change and the growth um, that my family has experienced with the church. Because we, after this experience, we have really felt like this is our church. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It, it, what, what, what Ernie's talking about here is what happens when you move from just attending um, to engaged, to fully engaged. And so some of you, you've experienced this, and you could raise your hands right now. You don't have to, but you would say, you know, when I got on a team and I got to know people, and when I didn't just come and receive, that's, a, that's appropriate, but when I started contributing, something happened spiritually. You can't fully put, fully, put, fully put your fingers on, but you see the results in this sense of that's mine. It, we move from the church I attend to my church, and that's our heart for everybody here. You would have a group of people that you would look at and say, that's my team. These are my encouragers. These are people I come alongside with to make a difference. All right, so you're, um, Sam, you, you've got uh, a year or so under your belt of college, and uh, you take uh, this week and come down with your sister, and you guys serve. Tell me just a little bit about what you did and the impact that it's made and the decisions you've made as you've come back. I was lucky enough to be on the games team, and every night at, well, at 3 o'clock, we would play games with all the kids from the children's home. And on the last day, we had a big water fight uh, in 105-degree weather. <laughs> we had a 1,000 water balloons that we filled up, and we did a relay race and water balloon toss. We pied each other in the face when people dropped the balloons. <laughs> and then we just Good had a Christian big... Christian fun. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, someone heard one of the kids from the children's home say that it was the best day they had ever had at the home. Wow. And it was just amazing to be a part of that. And then you've, you've made a decision to come back, and you, you're stepping up, you're volunteering here. What, what are you going to be doing? While I was there, I got to hang out with all the junior high kids. From our church? From our church. Yeah. And now I got sucked into being a small group. <laughs> 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 I got sucked into being a small group leader at the well. So the newest small group uh, leader for uh, middle school ministry right here. <laughs> Jen, you, you were a rock star. I mean, you, uh, if you guys, some of you know Jen, some of you don't, but Jen, she's nice. Except, <laughs> except for when she leads. And then she puts on like this Nazi hat and then she's just barking out orders. I, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you were responsible for managing a lot of detail on the ground. Um, talk about how it touched your heart and what you saw God doing in people's lives. Well, when I first got approached to um, consider leading the general labor team, I was humbled and honored, but also terrified <laughs> a little bit because I had never led a group of people that um, started from age seven to Charlie, what was it, 30? About 30 <laughs> years old. <laughs> um, and so I was a little bit nervous to do that, but also excited because I knew God was calling me, okay, you have this opportunity to... Um, really stretch yourself and to lead. And it was neat for me to see people um, seize the opportunities God gave them uh, to just ask for more um, projects 
and to stay in 105 degree weather scraping the um, playground that they have there and repainting it um, all day long. It took a while and everyone just really bonded. It was neat to see that and just to fully engage as everyone is saying, uh, it was neat for me to step back and watch people do that and uh, get to know people, um, be bold in asking people their stories, whether it was each other on the team or whether it was um, girls who came out to help, which one of the intake house, one of the girls asked to come out and help our team do the projects around, and that was really neat, and the boys as well. It was so neat to see them engage and just really um, want to get to know us and to uh, um, just be impacted. So, so, so two, two big themes, finding your gift and just using what you could. So here I am here, I'm going to do whatever I can. So that's a theme you can do whether you're on a trip or not. I'm going I'm to put the opportunity in front of me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to minister, as we like to say, I'm going to minister while I'm on my way. I'm not going to get caught in being on my way to do ministry so that I'm waiting for an opportunity. No, while I'm doing life, I'm going to do it. But the other thing you said is the idea of being bold. I mean, a lot of us were stretched. And this is a powerful, powerful spiritual lesson. We, we talk about boldness around here. To be bold, to ask people, what's your story? What has God done in your life? Let me share with you what God's done in mine. And to do that as you're doing life together, it's a powerful thing. It really changes people, doesn't it? Let me talk to you, Melissa, a little bit. Um, you guys have been in our church for a while. Um, you come from a situation where you used to be on staff in another church. It's a generally a very positive experience for you. God transitioned you guys to us. This is your first real step back into major leadership. And so you led this entire thing. Um, what, did, what did you see as the leader? What grabbed your heart? And wh where was God being glorified? Well, I come from um, a lot of student ministry, which I love. I've just got a heart for teenagers, and that's always been my niche. But I love mission trips because I've seen what they do for teenagers in my old situation. Those kids, you know, they bond. They come back fulfilled. They come back just on fire for God, and I just love that. So when, um, when I heard about the children's home, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do it as a church instead of just doing it for kids? And so we just started talking about it then. But the neat thing about this one was, which was totally different, we had several families that had small kids. I mean, Jackson Miley turned seven years old the first day we yeah, got there. Yeah, we had there. a party. We night. had a party. He's this big. Um, we had Ernie's family. We had a couple other families that had small kids. And those guys were unbelievable. The fam Just to watch, to step back and watch those families working together. And it was funny because it was kind of like Ernie had said. The first day, you see the family groups painting this house, painting that house, doing this. Then they start kind of, the kids are off a little bit. By the last day, the kids were all working, but with everybody else. And, uh, you know, you had brothers and sisters, Sam and his sister. You had married couples. You had families with teenagers like ours. You had all these different dynamics going on. And, you know, we went go-karting, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, we had one point where we had almost all of us at one course, and we, we ruled it. We had a kids' race and a men's race and a women's race, and there were some wrecks going on and some really aggressive behavior. I but, don't um, know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, but it was so fun to watch so many people, and most of us didn't know each other when we went, but by the second or third day, we're laughing and we're hugging, and we get here this morning 20 minutes earlier than he asked us to because we're so excited, and you know, the first day, you're really tired because it's hot, and you're working really hard, but by the end of it, you think, if you're working at 105 for three straight days... You think that the last day you're dead. You're laying on the floor and you're thinking, oh, please just beam me home. But it wasn't like that. The energy level grew the entire time we were there. And by the last day, we were ready to, I mean, we were just ready. It was awesome. Yeah. Everybody was excited. So, you know, it, you come home 
from this kind of intense experience, which you really can't get on short-term, one-hour, two-hour, three-hour here and there. Those are awesome. But this was a total engagement for several days. Long-term, you got all your distractions at home, your job, everything going on at home was gone. And here you are with a new group of people, and you're focused on what God's doing and what you're doing and new relationships. And it was just, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Well, I know for all of us, we want to say thanks for your leadership. That was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> Nate, I'm going to go right back to you for just a second. Um, we did some devotions, if you'll pass that microphone. We did, we did some devotions, and on the last night, um, everybody got together. We did some worship. Um, before you talk about what that means, I just want to point out a couple of things. Um, Guys, as a pastor, you have to know that um, this is like a, a banner experience for me because to watch people step into what has been the whole reason we started this church, so that people could grow in their relationship with God. So I know that's funny. So, so people could grow in their relationships with God, so people could experience what it is to use their gifts, to begin to walk in boldness. That's the plan for everybody here. That's what we attempt to do. But you, you experienced one of the powerful things that happens when people come together in worship. Um, talk about that last night and um, anything else that got put on your heart very briefly. Um, so I knew I was going to be leading a couple of worship songs on Friday evening. And leading up to this point, I had done zero prep, which is which stresses me out a little bit. So I'm sitting in my bedroom with the door closed, just playing my guitar, playing through a couple of songs. And it was very apparent to me that God was at least moving in my life in a way that my life was being changed. And I, I started singing the song, How Great Is Our God, which we sing, I've sang, I probably sang it a thousand times, to be honest. And I started singing the part where it talked about the splendor of a king, and I just couldn't sing it because I was so overwhelmed with him and what he had done in my life, but not only my life, but how I had seen what Melissa talked about, how I had seen people's lives on this trip change, how I got to spend an, an entire morning with Ernie and his kids just getting to know them getting to know their story. And I saw people's lives change, and I saw kids' lives at this home being changed before my eyes. And it just brought everything that we do into perspective for me. You see parents bringing their young kids like Jackson on the trip. See, what Kevin didn't realize probably when he took Jackson on that trip, because he said, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring him or not. But what Kevin did is Kevin just put probably around 50 adults in Jackson's life that would have never been in Jackson's life had he not brought Jackson on that trip. Yeah. And Jackson's like a rock star this morning. I mean, he's walking in and people are like, Jackson! <laughs> so I was worshiping, and when I stopped singing because I was crying, I look out, and there's other people crying, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And you see people worshiping that last night. It was just, Ben, it was an amazing experience for me. It overwhelmed me, overwhelmed me. You know, parents, don't, don't ever underestimate the impact of letting your kids see you serve. Don't ever underestimate that. Listen to me, man. Your kids need to see you sweat for Jesus some. They need to see you sweat for Jesus some. If they never see you give yourself passionately to Jesus, don't expect them to be passionate about Jesus. And the actions alongside the words, alongside a church that partners, it's powerful. That's what I'm excited about. So we're going to do more of these. You'll hear. In fact, in a few minutes, when I ask you to take out your Connect card, if you literally just a moment or two, you'll be able to take a step saying, I'm interested. And you'll get on the pre-list, like the preview list of some of the opportunities we're going to do. 
But before I tell you about that, would you say thank you to these representatives and to all the team? Guys, thank you. Uh, you should be proud of your church. You should be proud of your church, and you should be proud of an awesome God that takes fallible, failing, sometimes flailing people and does amazing stuff. One quick idea from the scripture. Luke tells the story of a man that came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to be right with God? What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus, knowing this man's background, he engages him at the point where that man is having a challenge. And he says, you know, what, what, what does the Bible tell you is the, is the two greatest commandments? And the man says, well, love God with all your life, like every part of you, and love your neighbor as yourself. And it's really interesting what the man does with that. He says, well, I, I, I <laughs> he says, well, who is my neighbor? Jesus just said, love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. And the first thing the man does is try to find an excuse, try to limit so Jesus tells an amazing story about the Good Samaritan, who wasn't particularly liked by the Jewish people, wouldn't have been particularly liked by this man asking the question. And he tells a story where he shows that your neighbor is everyone. It's the people who live next to you, but it's also the people you might not particularly like, the people you might not engage fully. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor. We talked about it on our, on our trip, that it's loving God is putting into action the, the emotion we say we feel, the commitment that we have. It's a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. And then loving our neighbor looks like engaging people right where they are. Uh, you can do this. You can leave here today and engage the waitress. You, you can do that. Your attitude, your tone. You can go to work tomorrow and you can engage people. And as you do that, you're putting feet to what you say you believe. We call it taking a next step. So why don't you grab out your Connect card, and let's do a little bit of that right now. Well, the thing that energizes all of this is not just that we're a bunch of do-gooders. Listen, if you just want to do good, there are a lot of organizations. What we do is we do it in the name of Jesus because Jesus has saved us from our sins and the penalty of our sins and put us into right relationship with God. So if you haven't done that today and you'd like to do that, next step A around here always gives you a chance to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and begin a life of not just doing good, that's important, but more than that, glorifying God with your life and living out of response of gratitude for what He's done for you. If you'd like to accept Jesus, check next step A and we'll pray with you and we'll send you some simple information. If you want to get baptized, like the couple of folks that are going to get baptized here just a few weeks ago, we had several people. Today there's two we just celebrate what God's doing. If you want to go public with your faith, um, check next step B. We'll get you hooked up. All right, next step C. If you want to be one of those people who sees the opportunities around you to do ministry on your way, God, open my eyes. Let me see the people around me. I don't want my faith to be a Sunday faith. If you want to do that, I think if you pray about that with an open heart, God will begin to show you things you can do right where you are. Check that box. Let us join with you in prayer. Next step D. If you would like to, this is the one I was alluding to, if you want to go on a 4C vacation with purpose, we call them mission trips, sometime in the next year or so, check the box, and we'll, as we make plans, we'll let you know. We're going to go back to the Smoky Mountain Children's Home next year. We hope a bunch of you go with us. We want to just totally rock that place for Jesus. And the next step E, don't miss this one. I want to use my gifts in the ministry of Four Corners Church to reach more people with the gospel. 
If you're not on a team here, uh, listen, I, I guess on some level that's okay, but you're going to hit a wall in your development. A relationship with Jesus isn't about taking. It's about getting on the team and getting fired up and taking the message to others. We need your gifts here. We need you. We'd like you to join a team and experience all the dynamics that were being talked about on this stage. Let's pray, sing a song of worship to our God, and celebrate with lives that have been changed. Would you bow with me? Lord Jesus, you're amazing. God, I couldn't be more proud as a pastor today to think that you would use us, imperfect vessels, clay, but molded in your hand. God, our prayer today is that each of us in this room would not just be inspired by what we heard, not just impressed, but we would have a similar heart. God, would you mold me? Would you shape me? Would you let me use what you've blessed me with, it's all from you anyway, to bless others? Would you put me on your team to share the message of Jesus? Would you help me to love people? Would you help me not to ask who should I love, but to simply love the people you bring into my life? God, for folks that are making a decision to follow you, we say thank you for their boldness. For people that are making a decision to step up and join your team. God, for those that are already serving, let them sense your smile and the satisfaction that comes from making your work move forward. You chose, God, to do it this way, to use us to bring your message. We say thank you today. And God, thank you for lives that are changed each week in this place. For the folks being baptized today, we say thank you, Jesus. Send us more, Lord. Where you lead us, we'll follow. In your name, amen.